everyone and welcome to my sauntering podcast. My name is Paul White and I live in a gorgeous place called Weymouth and this podcast is a collection of saunters that were born in lockdown but it's also got some additional stuff which is just fresh hot off the press. praying that you'll be really blessed and that God will speak into your heart as we take this journey together. So please go ahead and hit the subscribe button to keep updated with the very latest sauntering podcasts. Hi everyone, welcome to another saunter and today I am so excited to have my dear friend Mark Wade with me. And Mark, some of you will have heard of him and will have been following his updates on Facebook. Others maybe have never heard of him before. But Mark is a bit of a legend. He's a desperado for Jesus. He's been working in living in uh, Romania for many years. He'll tell us how many. And more recently in the past, since Russia began to mess with the east of Ukraine, Mark's been going across to Ukraine a lot and supporting pastors and churches over there. And when the war began in earnest, Mark was just making his way from Kiev to the border as Mr. Putin's troops were coming in to the Donbass region on the on the east. And so Mark has been intimately involved with the situation in Ukraine for a number of years and it's a huge privilege to work with Mark. I was out there helping Mark with some projects and um, just so pleased, Mark, to have you on the podcast. Thank you for inviting me. So, Mark, just tell us a bit about how you came to be in Ukraine at all. Well, it goes back over eight, just over eight years now. Um, I'd always said if God wanted me out of Romania, he's going to have to dig me out of the concrete sort of thing, you know. <laughs> um, and um, I was settled there. I was happy. But there was a situation in my life where there was a sort of um, uh, a pause in what I was doing. So I got invited to a, a conference on taking the gospel to gypsy children and in Romania. And so I thought, well, it's February. I've got nothing to do. At this moment, I'll go for a few days, you know. Um, and uh, I was in the in the foyer area drinking a coffee before it started, and these two young men walked in, and um, they were obviously uh, gypsy, and um, I was just drawn to talk to them. And within ten seconds, I was on my way to Ukraine. <laughs> wow! Wow! Come on! It was that dramatic. Um, and um, and in the, in the early part of 2014, I was coming to the west part where we are now, um, and serving with um, Carlos and um, in, in their church. Um, how I got into Donbass was in the beginning of 2015. The war was obviously going on and was quite um, heavy at the time. And one of the organisations that uh, Carlos and Ruslan worked with, we're working down there, and we decided to go down. 
And um, at the last minute, Carlos couldn't go. <coughs> so I went on my own. And that's how I ended up in Donbass. Wow. So, Mark, you have got a tremendously practical approach to ministry. What do you, I mean, when you go into these regions and when you were going in during that sort of almost preliminary, those that conflict that's been rumbling on prior to the actual war, what was your main contribution, do you think? Um, well... Uh, we were there to serve. So we don't go in with our own agenda. We go in to support and serve the, 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 the vision of the pastor of each church. Um, right. So um, we, uh, um, some places we go and meet pastors, they just want to sit down for an afternoon and drink a coffee and have a chat. Yeah. Um, one pastor said, you don't realize that I'm married to a beautiful woman, and, but all the ladies, all the people in my church are women. Right. So I have very little male contact. Wow. So, so you guys come in and sitting in my kitchen and drinking a coffee is such a blessing to me. Yeah. And so if that's all we do, then we're, we're doing our job. Fantastic. Um, and then at the other end of the scale, we're helping pastors renovate and build churches um we're probably gonna have to start all over again but that's another story yeah um we've we've put rooms on houses um in uh, along the front line um we've uh <laughs> we've smuggled insulin across the across the front line back in 2015 because they had no insulin on the other side of the front line um so yeah all sorts of different things yeah. sometimes we have to go Race with army escort mm -hmm. um, in the early days. So yeah, it's um, uh, to to though if if you're called to do something by God, it's like another day at the office. <laughs> yes, there are probably well, some people yeah. thinking, "I'll take your word for it, Mark." <laughs> no, but because it's what we're it's what we're called to do, yeah. so we, it just feels very normal yeah. to us. Yeah. Um, you know, other people do things and I think, oh my goodness, they do that. That's incredible. Mm. Um, and um, uh, so for us, yes, it's just, you know, and obviously we've had lots of adventures and God has, we've seen God do miracles, sometimes practical miracles. Yeah. So um, um, so that's what we do. Yeah. So uh, different churches have different visions, different uh, different needs. So um, I'm, I'm very keen on not going in with our own agenda because very often that can cut across what the agenda of the local church yeah. is. Yeah, that's really that's a very humble, servant-hearted approach, and not coming in like the the guy from the West with all the great answers that you should follow me. That's yeah, right. yeah, I love that. Right. Right. Sure, sure. We, we we sit and talk a lot and. Um, and sometimes that we you know we get asked our opinions and that and that's fine, but we, you know they ask us first. Yeah, you know? I love that. I love that. And so, I, I, Mark, I've always seen you as a, a kind of facilitator yeah. and somebody who kind of builds the road so that maybe the pastors and preachers can drive along it, kind of thing. And the you know so that it's like your helping with the 
you're preparing the way, really, aren't you, in a very practical sense very often? Yes. Somebody described it once as rock clearing. Yeah. And so um, uh, whether it's with refugees in Greece or um, where we are in, in Donbass, very much it's rock clearing. And um, yeah. But also, you know, you know, I've walked into churches and literally they say, oh, by the way, you're preaching, you know. <laughs> and uh, so you've always got to be... <laughs> You've always got to be, uh, you know, have something on your heart. Yeah. What I do in that situation is whatever God is talking to me about at that time, then I speak about it. You trust that he's going to talk to someone else about it as well? Well, this is yeah. an interesting point, Paul, and it really encouraged me in, in, in that because I don't consider myself a preacher, really. Um, mm. I, there was one, one Sunday that happened in a place called Stanis, Luganskar, and we had a tent literally on the front line in those days. And um, I walked in and uh, one of the uh, ladies there who was um, there as a missionary, um, she was Ukrainian. She says, Mark, you're preaching this morning. None of our preachers are here. Um, and the person who was supposed to speak is not here. So uh, I went to my truck and got a rope and a very long rope and spoke about eternity. Mm-hmm. And about, you know, the 70 years that God has given us on Earth. Um, it's just a very tiny tape on the very end of the um, of the rope, and the truth stretches forever and ever and ever. And um, uh, two years later, I walk into the tent again, not to speak, but the, the lady came across to me, the uh, the missionary. She said, "Mark," she said, "This is interesting." She said, "Remember, two years ago, you were talking about the rope." I said, "Yeah." Yeah. And she said. Well, there's ladies here who are explaining it to the other, some other ladies who weren't there. Come on. So they remembered that word. Yeah. And your little, your um, object lesson. That's right. Because, it, you know, it wasn't just me talking. It was actually a demonstration of, of eternity. Now, I, but I, I think I didn't invent it. Francis Chan did. So, you know, thank you. Yeah. But you latched on to it precisely because you're a practical guy. Your mind thinks practically. You want it to be clear. You haven't got time to spend a lot of time creating some philosophical argument. You're going to demonstrate it in a practical That's way. Right. I love yeah, that, Mark. Course, you comment. Sorry. Well, of course, I didn't have time to do anything else because <laughs> literally, I had <laughs> ten minutes before I was I had to go to the front and and present something. So. Yeah, yeah. Mark, I was going to ask you, you commented there uh, um, in passing about um, Lesbos and Greece and stuff. And I know that you've been working with refugees traveling up from the Middle East through Europe for a long time. Just tell us a bit about that, because that's how you got involved with Remar, presumably, is it? That's right. Yeah, I met them first in Hungary. Um, and then again in Croatia, and but we really got involved with them um, when they were in um, the south of um, Serbia, and the, right. church, the church I go to in Romania, the pastor, Pastor Christie, asked me if I could take a team down to the refugees. Mm-hmm. Now, traveling on my own, I'll just camp with anybody, you know, um, mm-hmm. the radical left and all this, I'll just, you know, um, but I thought, well, I can't take good Baptists down there, you know. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> take bad Baptists, but not good ones. 
Yeah, and so I thought, you know, and I was speaking with Callum, and Callum had been to the refugees with me, and we'd sort of lived with these people. But Callum's your your partner in crime, isn't he? Yes, but he now runs the refugee side. So um, uh, uh, I'll tell you more about that in a minute. But um, yeah, sorry, keep going. And we both laughing about it because you know when we were with these guys one night, you know, they're guys in jokes and all this, you know. I thought, well, we can. I mean, there's no way we, you know, they'd be very welcome, but we, we just can't do this, you know. We have to protect the sheep a little bit. You know? So we contacted Rimar and went down to pressure to console them. And uh, next morning, we got there quite late. And next morning, we had a coffee with Carlos, the, the main man. He said, after Thursday, we've got nobody here. There's no, no volunteers. And we said, well, actually, Thursday, we've got 15 people to come. And wow. uh, and, uh, and that was the way it started. And over the next um, four months, we had over 150 people from the church down there. So it was uh, quite... Wow. A- so, so the sound went a bit dodgy then, but you, what you're saying is you got involved with Remar. They were just running out of volunteers, but because of the church in Romania, you were then able to, over the next period, send 150 volunteers into... Yeah. Into where was it? Lesbos? No, pressure, pressure were in the south of um, uh, Syria on, on the Macedonian oh, yes. border. And we were working 24 hours a day. The, the team was split into two shifts. Wow. And I admired them very much because, you know, I know one night, the night shift from one of the trips, they had a baby die on them and things like that. And they were trying to revive it. But they didn't come and get any of the leaders. They just handle it themselves. So I admire them greatly for their um, for their uh, their courage and their you know, their the way they look um, after and manage the situation. Remar have been truly remarkable, haven't they? I know that's not what the name means, but I mean they have been truly remarkable in their response to the Ukrainian crisis, haven't they? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, we're, and it's still growing now, you know. They're gradually working their way into the country. So um. so when when I came over, we were just a few... We weren't barely a week or so into the the conflict, were we? And no. I, I was able to come over with a, a bunch of guys from the prayer house in Weymouth. And we were working in Chinivsi then, weren't we? Yeah, well, to begin with, we were in Sorette um, uh, because we were staying there, weren't we? In the, yeah, we that's staying, right, which is in uh, Romania. That's in Romania. And then Carlos says, right, we're going, we've been asked by the the Ukrainian administration and contacted through their embassy in Spain, the headquarters of Remar, and asked them if they could put up a, a refugee centre um, in the centre of Chinitsi. So... Uh, I remember you and me and the guys going across with Carlos to look at this, you know? Yeah. And then... <laughs> Carlos Literally says, the main square of the city, wasn't it? Yeah, in the old city, yeah. And, and then Carlos says, all right, OK, we've got these tents 24 metres by 18 and a half to go up. Can you <laughs> put them up? And uh, I said to him, well, I thought the company you bought them off were going to do it. Uh, they refused to come to Ukraine, he said. So... <laughs> I am just grateful that you were there, Paul, because um, uh, you certainly made up for the, the lack of knowledge that I had as far as marking out. Although I could mark out, but you were much better at it than me and other things. So um, 
we sort of learned as went along, particularly as the um, the instructions weren't that um, detailed. They remember. were underneath all the stuff, weren't they? So we never found them till about the third day, did we? <laughs> No, that's right. But, uh, you know, oh people, my! People know, you know, people think intense. They think of something in the garden. We needed yes. cranes and cherry pickers to, to get this tent up. You know, uh, it was huge. Uh, huge. And the last one I did down on the um, Polish border, it was thirty-six. Well, you know, you marked it out. Thirty-six meters long. You know, I could drive yes. my but round and round inside it, no problem. It was that huge. You know. Yeah, I could just go round and round and round without. I didn't have to reverse. It was just it was that big, it was that big, you know. Yeah, and when we had the when we were putting the um, sections in, the the cherry picker wasn't fully completely fully extended, but pretty fair way up, wasn't it? It was seven and a half meters high, I think, at the apex. That's right. Yes, yes. This one's the same as well. So, but um, yeah, so so far we've. Um, We've put up, and also remember, we had those tents we had to sort out in um, in uh, Shashava and that where they hadn't been put up correctly. I think yeah. we're on seven tents, and we're about to start the eighth. Wow, wow! And so, Mark, in Chenipsi, I gather that you were saying to me that now on a Sunday morning, because we put two big ones up side by side, didn't we? Oh. And they became this beautiful centre with children's play area. One of them's got beds at one end. And there's a canteen feeding a thousand people a day. And you were saying one thousand five hundred. Yeah, so some days it's as many as that. But they've also that is a military operation, isn't it? Really. Yeah, and, and what's interesting, and they've had meetings there with over a thousand people attended. So in you were saying Sunday mornings it's full of people worshiping God. Yeah, yeah, and um, uh, you know, and so, so and uh, for me the joy is that we basically what we did putting those tents up was facilitate that. Yes, absolutely, and and so we, we left, and then they've carried on and got on with the job. Yes, we've done what we had to do, and yeah. then. Uh, I've moved on to other things, and yeah. um, um, and then they've carried on. You know, I, I'm not a person of routine, so it's it. You know, it suits um, you very well. Yes, it does. So, um, um, uh, it's uh, it's just it's exactly what I want. You know, if I had a chance to go to one of the meetings, I'd love to. You know, but yeah. we may be going back up there soon. So fabulous. Um, Carlos is talking about having a meeting in Kiev with people so goodness knows what's coming next so yeah <laughs> well i gather um that remar are now in um lviv um yes building a center there is that right or they've got some hotels there no they've got hotels on the polish side of the border yeah they've got another hotel not far from arad in romania right um they've got uh this Big tent in the village. Well, you know the village. Um, Mostitsi. Most, yeah, Most something or the other. Yeah, Mostitsi, I think it is something like that. And uh, that's in the process of being done. And there's 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 containers there with toilets and, sh and showers. Incredible. And in the end, there's um, they've got uh, containers with washing machines. You've got to understand in the end, there's two hundred thousand refugees. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. 
And we're waiting for permission to put up a tent there, but this is a smaller tent. This is only, well, for us, it's a small tent. It's only nine by, it's only nine by 20. So. Oh, tiny. <laughs> yeah, it's like, the one, it's like the one we put up in the, church, in the school um, playground. In the first, first time uh, round, yeah. Yeah, so um, that's, that, so I've got a friend of mine from Romania, Vlad, who, as you know very well, um, mm. has been traveling quite a bit. So we're actually in Mukacheva, which is on the Hungarian border, um, where I have an apartment. And we're serving here. He is at the moment um, working with a very good pastor friend of mine at a Baptist church in the next town. And he's helping to feed, um, cook and prepare uh, food for up to 400 people today. Wow. So good. And Mark. I, I, I'm, sorry. Go on. No, I was just going to ask you. I mean, th- this is so wonderful and i think people who've put money into your hands would be delighted to see how it's been used and um people who've given to remar would be delighted to see how it's been used um i think it truly is extraordinary and i think to see what remar have done just with volunteers who turn up almost on a daily basis with little or no training in anything and somehow they managed to deliver such an incredibly coherent um, effort, you know, relief effort. Yeah. What's your What's your take on um, what's happening in the east now? I mean, are you are you still seeing a tide of people leaving, or is is it kind of stabilised now, and people are where they are, and it's kind of just waiting for the war to kind of finally grind to a horrible end what's the okay just one thing before i got there just to um encourage people remar only spend five percent of their income on uh, administration etc so for a large ngo that's working in 76 countries around the world they are very very um uh, good stewards with with the with the with the, yeah. money the people donate to them. Yeah, um, and very energetic, aren't they? Oh yes. Sometimes they really put their put their head into the wind and force things through. You know. Yeah. Um, but uh, and and they're very down to earth and practical. So they they just love yeah. ones like us because you know a lot of these NGOs they want um, university graduates and all this. Well, you know. Yeah, that's not, yeah. not my scene. So um, it was just interesting. I met um, uh, some guys from an organization, quite a big organization called Operation Blessing. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, not, they, they came to see the tents, and um, the guy in charge of Ukraine um, was introduced to me, and he, he said, Well, this is Mark. And he goes, Ah, you're Mark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I said, First, it was all good. But going on to your question, um, there, yes, there aren't so many people coming. Um, the people who are coming have basically stood in their clothes. They're, they're, they're you know, what they've got on. Mm. Um, and they've lost everything. Yeah. Um, so the rich, the rich you educated uh, have all left the country. Mm-hmm. Um, they've all left in their SUVs. They were the first people out. Um we have a lot of families here now because their husbands can't leave the country and they're in fighting in the war. Yeah. So mum and the children are um, 
over on the west, safe. Um, but it's very sad to see. I know you've seen it too. Yeah. Uh, people driving, families driving hey, up to the border. You're back. <laughs> they all get out. Yeah, sorry, I got to the bit where you said you, it's very sad seeing the families drive up to the border. They all get out. Yeah, and, you know, there's lots of crying and hugging and mum and kids go off mm. to cross the border and dad drives back to go and fight in the war, not knowing if we will ever see him yeah. again. Um, and that's quite dramatic. Yeah. Um, and, and and there is going to be a lot of widows um, with children after this war. Um, mm. um, yeah. So they because I mentioned will see a lot walking around as lost you know without the husband yeah in the play area but it's not just playing they do constructive things too in, in there in the tent and uh, just takes their mind off things for a little while that's the children yeah 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 and drink a tea or get a coffee or something and yeah. uh so um and there's people there who can talk to her too you know so Yes, yeah, it's very good, and, and also from uh, our point of view, just been a wonderful the way the local church is in Chinutsi have um, uh, got behind the vision, and so every good. day there's volunteers from the churches there. You know, that's so, beautiful. Um, I know I had a, a group of guys from one church helping me to take down a tent, so we had to move a tent. Three of them said, "Oh, you've got to go." Now. Oh, no. I so, said, oh, don't worry. We've already rang three other guys to come and take over from us. Wow. Now, not many people do that. They would just say, look, I've got to go now. I'm sorry, but, you know, we've got to go. So, yeah. um, you know, they're, they're just great guys and great, great girls. And, and even, you know, young, young people, you know, remember that there's no university or schools at the moment. So they're yeah. working. So, and, and I think we what we're going to see, as far as church is concerned, Oh. The new church been um, Mark, we've, got, can, we've got. Can you just repeat that, Mark? Do you just repeat that about we'll see a new church? We're going to see a new church in Ukraine, as um, in a so, ren, as in a a reborn one. Yes, because yeah. we've got two churches here. We've got one that's just shut the doors and said, "Oh, it's a nasty war outside. We just protect ourselves." Yeah. Many of the pastors is up and left on the first day of the war. Wow. And the leaders of the church. And then you've got other churches which have literally opened their doors, like the like the where Vlad is cooking today. They yeah. just opened their They were just a, a church with 40, 50 people, and they just opened their doors. They're feeding three or 400 people a day. They've got a warehouse running. They're sending stuff that's brought into the country, all over the country. And last Sunday... Um, the church was full, but so was the courtyard outside. Beautiful. So the um, ones that are opening their doors, God is filling them up, giving them resources, blessing them, and they're doing yeah. precisely what they should be doing. Yeah. 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 And um, and I think many of these pastors who just up and left will come back and um, they will find that, that, you know, the whole thing is a very different situation. Yeah. Mark, I'm going to have to wrap it up there because we're out of time. But listen, bro, you are such a blessing. You are such an inspiration to us all. How can we, how can people best support you from here? 
Um, well, the first thing is prayer. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, we, we do get tired, not yep. just me. Yeah. Um, and um, also, obviously, for protection, because, you know, yep. who knows what's going to happen in the future. Um, I do have, and now have a visa for Ukraine, because um, I'm allowed 90 days and 180, but I use those all up during January, February. And, but I can convert that into a residency. So we're in the process of doing that. So I yeah. value prayers for that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, obviously, financially, yeah. yes. You see, the, I understand that the, the Ukraine is slowly dropping out of the news in, in, in the West. Yes, it is. And, um, but the war is, still, is more intense than ever. Yeah. And so... Um, you know, we, we do need to pray for that. Pray that the Holy Spirit will just go into places that no man can go and just touch touch hearts and change people from men of war to men of peace. Sure. Um, um, but also the long term, you know, we are we we are already planning about going back into Donbass, mm -hmm. finding out who the pastors are there, who yeah. wants to continue, who wants to rebuild, mm -hmm. help to rebuild homes, and obviously that takes a lot of resources. Yeah. So, Mark, um, if if people find you, they can go on Facebook and find you in Church Without Walls? Well, yes, they go on to my Facebook page, Mark Wade. Mark Wade. You can, go, you can go on to Church Without Walls. Yes. Yeah. 800 people now on that group. So, And, and um, does that, is there on there, is there a, an indication of how people can get money to you? Well, I, I, if people say, look, I would like to donate, I can give them... Um, uh, uh, Callum, uh, who's running the refugee situation now in, in Romania, he's now set up a, 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 a foundation in Romania, sure. which I'm on, the, I'm on the board. Yeah. And so we can, we can take all currencies in, into that account. I can give accounts, you know, for different currencies. So, so people to message you directly... And you'll send them the details of yours and Callum's association, and then they can give in whatever currency they... Yeah, dollars, euros, pounds, no problem. Okay. Uh, and, and All right, Mark. All right, Paul. Mark, Great we love you. God bless you. Give our massive hugs and love to everyone that, out there, and we're cheering you on, buddy. Thanks a lot, mate. Bless you. Thanks for the time. Bye-bye. God bless. Bye. God bless you. I am super excited to be able to recommend to you my book, The Christing. It's a whole adventure of digging deep into the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, exploring stories that may be familiar to us, but just seeing how the power and the beautiful rich treasure of the Holy Spirit is there on every single page and my desire as I share my own stories is that we would get caught up in that adventure together of a life pursuing the supernatural God where anything becomes possible when we're full of his Holy Spirit. And so my prayer for you as you read this book is that you'll get excited to embark on your own voyage of discovery with him. But more than anything else, that you would fall more in love with Jesus. 
So please, if you have not got a copy, do buy one. You can get it online on all the major um, online bookstores, including Amazon, Eden, and others. You can buy it from Christian bookshops, or you can message me and get your own signed copy. There you go. But do like it and review it because that really, really does help. Thank you so much.